Welcome to Wearing the Folk. <laughs> today I'm Cecil Fletcher as always, and we got Mr. Henry Tolley with us, and we got a special guest with us today. Nathan, is it Nathan or Nate Elwell? Either one's fine, whichever one you want to call me, buddy. And Nate, where in, where in the folk are you? I am in Newport, New Hampshire. Tell everybody where they can find your content at. Uh, you can find my content on YouTube. I'm a YouTube content creator. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Paranormal Nate. I am on Instagram as well as Facebook. Uh, that's about all the social media thing I do. I'm not a fan of being on multiple, multiple sites. Those are about the four main ones that I stick to. So, Nate, um, if people aren't familiar with you or anything, what kind of, what kind of content do you put out? Um, I do various random paranormal talk stuff. Uh, my main content focus right now is I download paranormal applications from the app store. Um, I'm, I'm currently working on trying to get an Android device functioning so I can do some Android ones as well because there are some that are device specific. So what I've been doing is I've been downloading these paranormal applications and I test them out to see if you can actually use them in paranormal investigations or if they're just made specifically for show and scare factor. What uh what got you interested in all the paranormal stuff to begin with? Yeah. So, ooh, that's a that's a long story, but I'll I'll condense it for you. So <laughs> When I was about 17 or 18, I, I am a practicing Wiccan for the record. So um, I had made an attempt to make a voodoo doll that did not go well. Mm. And there's something called the rule of return where anything you do comes back on you tenfold. And uh, something did not go as I planned. At least that's my assumption. And I started having occurrences in my bedroom where I would get knocking on my window at 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm avid about having my door shut, closet doors, everything. They're shut. And there was one night that my dog had had an accident in my bed. So I kicked her out of the room, sent her down the hallway, shut the door. About four o'clock in the morning, maybe a little earlier than that, I felt tugging on my blanket at my feet. I thought it was the dog. So I kicked my foot back and said, look, if you don't stop it. And then I thought about it. Dog's not in the room. So what did I just kick? So going to work the next day, I get up. Man, my father told me that the dog had passed away in the middle of the night. Oh, that's so really. So she always slept in my room. And the one night that I kick her out of the room, she died. Mm. So, of course, I felt horrible about that. Yeah. The following night, the same thing occurred. I was having scratching on the foot of my bed. And then once again, something was tugging on my blanket. Once again, I kicked my foot back. I hit something solid. And I hear this voice that did not sound human say my name. I froze and it took me about 10 minutes to gather the balls to roll over and turn on my light i turned on my light and as i said earlier i'm avid about having doors shut well my closet door which was shut and latched was wide open mm. that's and terrifying. for months for months <laughs> following every day 3 a.m i had knocking on my window that would come in sets of threes three knocks three sets my cousins didn't believe me, so I invited them over to stay the night and find out. And I had about seven witnesses that could tell you that this actually did happen, that the occurrences of the knocking on the windows were happening. And that evolved into me having violent, vivid nightmares of me dying in various ways. So th up to this point, there, there weren't anything like there was nothing going on in the house prior to that? Nope. nope. I have an alternative thing for the windows. You're a pretty handsome fella. 
Maybe it was girls stone rocks at your windows. <laughs> I, you know, you know, I would love to say that was true. Believe me, I would have. But uh, when when you hear the knocking and you open the window and there's nothing there, there's no trees by your window, there's no bushes, and the street light is literally right outside of my window and you can't see anything. I mean, it, it's really, it's really weird. And eventually, for some odd reason, as quickly as it started, it stopped. And I don't know why. But I ended up getting married, unfortunately, and <laughs> we moved it to a trailer. And this is what got me into actually investigating the paranormal. I always had an interest in it because of my own experiences. So I was sleeping one night in the bedroom and I woke up about two o'clock in the morning and I couldn't move. I felt like there was a pressure on my chest. I couldn't breathe. It's what's called sleep paralysis yeah. or some people will refer to it as an old hag attack. So I was finally able to shake it off and sit up and there was a figure standing at the foot of the bed it didn't walk it drifted backwards into the hallway and when it disappeared the light bulb in the hallway got extremely bright and exploded damn fuck that so and paralysis stuff scares the shit out of me i'm terrified of that it's not a it's not a fun experience and that didn't start until you moved in yeah it didn't start until we moved into that particular location and uh it was the next month that I founded my first team, which was the Southeastern Ghost Research Association, and that was in July of 2006, and I've been investigating ever since. I've never seen, like, a figure, but even last week, like, there was a day where, like, I was definitely awake, and I just couldn't move my body, and it takes a minute, like, just to, to get that function back. Yeah, and it, it's weird how that works. I mean, there, there's multiple different scientific explanations for it like the being able to wake up and not being able to move your motor functions aren't caught up with your brain yet you might not be able to move so you know there is natural explanations for it but i can't find a natural explanation for sitting up and seeing a figure standing at the foot of my bed no i i think tolly's was probably called miller lot <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case then i've been there i, I do enjoy a good beverage every now and again <laughs> Um, so I, I know you mentioned you, you test out a lot of different, um, apps and stuff like that. So what sort of, do you have like a standard loadout that you would take to an investigation and then try out different things with the standard loadout or not, not, not in particular. Um, I like to experiment. I like to jump around and like, it's like when I do my YouTube videos, I do them with a screen recording program. So that way, people who are watching my videos can see how easy the applications are to use, like how user-friendly they are. And this kind of will tell them whether or not it's something that they would really like to download. Because if it's not user-friendly, then who in the fuck wants to use it? Yeah. And I've had some that were just so complicated that I didn't even decide to make a video on it. I did the test, and I was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not releasing it. <laughs> but as far as having a specific set... Um, there is one application that I swear by. I, I actually have had some great experiences with it at Medfield State Hospital in Medfield, Massachusetts. Mm. And uh, I was able to get names through this application that I was able to trace back through historical documents to people that worked in the facility or that were buried in the cemetery that's on site. Wow. That's insane. You've been there? I have. Did you see anything? I have not seen anything while I've been there, but I can tell you that one of the most common occurrences for some reason is hearing violin music around the tuberculosis ward. And I can tell you that I have heard violin music at around that building. Wow. But I've never personally seen anything. If I'm in a place like that and I hear violin music, 
I'm out, dude. <laughs> it, 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 it takes a different, uh, some people look at a TV show and they think they can do it. You know what I mean? And then that's the issue with mainstream media is you watch a TV show. Oh, fuck, I can do that. That's easy. Yeah. Go your ass to a dark location and let something slam right beside you. See how quickly you run. Yeah. I used to go go something a lot. And um, whenever something like that would happen, I'd just crumble. <laughs> hey, that happens. <laughs> but as far as that goes, that actually is a free application. And that's available on Android as well as iPhone. Um, it's called the Ghost Hunting Tools app. I've, I've always had great responses with it. Uh, even during my testing process, I liked it. And there's another one that's available for iPhone called the iOvelist. If you've watched any kind of paranormal TV shows, you've seen an Ovelist device. It's a phonetic generator, you know, that when environmental fluctuations happen, it spits out words that you can hear phonetically in a robotic style voice. Yeah, that makes sense. Have so, you have you used that? No, have you used that? What's that one thing called that you almost got killed using totally? Oh, Randonautica. Yeah, have you used that for anything? I have it downloaded but I have not tried it because I have read and watched videos that make it quite questionable to me considering I have a toddler. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, it, I, because you're, you're also like a, a practitioner of magic, like the, so part of the app, like before you hit go, you have to set an intention. Right. So it's almost like a, almost like a, a meditation before you hit go and that that part of it to me is a little squirrely like it's, it's like i have my own opinion on that and, and my my personal thought and i'm not gonna lie to you i've downloaded the app i have opened it and i have asked a question or set an intention i've just never actually physically went to the location to see what was there so i know exactly what you're speaking on my question is is how can an application detect your intention it's probably set up by the uh, elite. Well, you have to think. Like, <laughs> or, or, <laughs> oh, you mean like uh, the Illuminati? Yeah, exactly. Like, like the if, <laughs> you know, if we're if we're electrical beings, and these are putting out waves constantly, you know, maybe maybe it's somehow a manipulation of that transaction between us as electrical beings and those frequency of waves. So that actually does kind of make sense. Cause um, if you think about it, if say a human form can put off any form of electromagnetic frequency, right? We're holding on this device. We're, we're setting our intention to the device. Then why wouldn't our thoughts possibly manipulate the electric, electromagnetic field around the device? Yep. That's, that's kind of what I'm, that's, that's where I was going with it. Yeah. I can, I can, I can concur with that. Um, my thing about that whole app is that it never takes you to anything like really awesome. Like you never show up to like the, I don't know, like the big titty convention or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're always, it never, it never, it never seems to take you to the strip club, right? <laughs> exactly. Like you always like there. I've seen videos where them the first video I ever seen of it was them girls that found that dead body or whatever. I did see that one. Yeah, like, and well, totally, you almost got ran over. Me, right? Me and my wife used it once. And it was a very curvy country road. And there was a blonde curve that we were rolling up to. We were, we were going pretty slow. And our location was in the bend of the curve. So oh. as, as we approached this curve, a, a car comes sliding around the bend and barely misses us. And is like dovetailing behind us once it passes. 
That's like, insane. Still trying to gain control of the car. Like it was, it was nerve wracking. And what that yeah, is. Yeah, I can imagine. What that is is somebody having a hell of a Saturday. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what that was. <laughs> Getting lit and running. That's still scary as fuck, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I haven't used it since that. I actually pulled it up probably two weeks ago and was thinking about it. And I'm like, nah. Hey, you know, I've seen videos of people using it and going to places and then getting chased off by somebody that happens to be stalking there in the woods or whatever. So it's, it's just like, uh, I'm not, I'm not willing to put myself at that kind of a risk. You know, if I use an application and I invite a spirit into my house, I have the means to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I, but someone stalking me in the woods, I don't have the means to get rid of that. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know everything I've seen about it. It seems like it has some kind of nefarious intent behind it basically it almost does like uh buried animals i've seen people find buried animals you know dead bodies random buried creepy ass dolls that well i'm, I'm just gonna leave there those ain't coming home with me <laughs> i've seen um there was one girl she she kept finding pieces of paper with like kids drawings on it and she goes back to the same location and she keeps finding new ones and then one of the times she went so there's like a like a, a drain pop, like a, a huge one. And she picks up the piece of paper and looks up and there's a figure. You can't make out what it is, but then it sounds like a child. And she just takes off running. Like, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Uh, no way, man. Yeah. Mess with that. I'm good. <laughs> so has, I'll go, uh, I'll go, go all day long and sit in a creepy ass <laughs> abandoned building. But <laughs> have you ever done um like has anyone ever reached out to you like for like a personal house call to invest? Uh, as a matter of fact, um probably 80% of the cases that I do are residential. Mm. And I I don't per se like doing big public places. Because to me, I can go and investigate a big public place and I can say it's haunted, but nine times out of 10, they're doing that just to attract business. Yeah. If, you know, because with the paranormal being as big as it is right now, that attracts business. So if I take a residential case, I can actually go in and figure out what's going on and help these people. Like there was a case that I took in uh, Alabama back when I was down there and the people were experiencing movement of objects and stuff like that. Well, turns out, scientific explanation came in when their washer was going it was vibrating objects off the counter mm. oh that makes sense but i found that out by using a geophone i set a geophone down on the counter and you could see the vibrations when the washer was going it would slowly make the object slide across the counter and fall off so it wasn't actually a ghost at all but you know just doing that it, it helps ease their minds for sure sometimes that's all you need is someone to come in and at least look at you like you're not crazy we um we thought that we had brought something back from bobby mackey's because before we came back from bobby mackey's with our little token we got from there we never heard anything in this house and uh, there was a strange thing that was happening where we leave our dogs in cages what we used to whenever we was working or whatever in the room and the little dog was randomly in the cage with the big dog and we was like how in the hell this happened it was still locked and we thought that that was something paranormal forever. And the mystery was finally solved about three weeks ago. My wife watched the little dog literally open the cage door and climb in and like it latched back. Nice. I was like, well, what the hell? <laughs> and it's, it's, it's weird because like when I tell people that story about the geophone, 
they're like, well, why did you have them running any kind of electronics if you were doing a paranormal investigation? Blah, 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 blah. Look, I do things differently than everybody else. You got to figure out what's going on. Right. Well, for me, I find it that I don't want the clients, unless it's absolutely necessary, to leave their location. I like to go in and let them go about their daily lives. The reason for that being is if it's happening during their daily lives, I'm more likely to have it occur. Yeah. That if I'm sense. in there by myself, the spirits don't know who I am. They may not in any way act out. So I might go into a place that actually is haunted by myself, but have nothing happen and be like, I don't think there's anything going on here. But if they're home, there's more of a better chance of me actually having the occurrences that they're experiencing because they're going about their normal daily routine. Mm. That's wild, man. Like, have you ever been to a house where, where you actually found something and like the people were not happy that you found it? Like, like, oh shit, I knew it. Um, <laughs> the only time I've ever encountered that, believe it or not, was my sister's house. Really? Yeah, she, uh, she had a house where she was living in a place called Enterprise, Alabama, and she was claiming that she could hear children when she was sleeping, but all of her kids were asleep. I mean, granted, people talk in their sleep. Could the children have been talking in their sleep? Very likely. So with me being able to go over to my sister's house as often as I did, I felt comfortable enough to tell her, hey, you go ahead, take the kids out for the day. Let me have the house to myself. So my sister freaks out about this kind of stuff. Like she's not into it whatsoever. She has no interest in it. And I was sitting in one of the kids' bedrooms doing an EVP session. And I caught a little girl's voice that clear as day says, I always do what daddy says. Meet me by the pecan tree. What the fuck? <laughs> now, now they have a they have a pecan tree out back in their yard. Crazy thing was, was my sister had found a child shoe buried by the pecan tree when she was doing gardening. Oh, no. She didn't find anything else, just a child's shoe. So whether or not that was connected, I couldn't tell you. But I can tell you that that was one of the clearest EVP that I have ever caught. And probably two hours after that EVP, I was in the garage. And when I pan the camera around, you can actually see the ladder in the garage lift up, turn, and sit itself down. It never made a noise. I didn't see it happen at the time. I never knew it until I went back to review the, the video. Man, well, so I brought I brought heavy. that to her. I brought that to her, and three weeks later they moved out. Yeah, yeah I mean that's the logical response to that, <laughs> right? And it's 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 uh, but that's what I like about doing residential cases, though, is you never know what you're going to catch. But at the same point in time, you don't want to catch something that gets you in over your head either. Like I know my limitations. I've never encountered a demonic entity. You know, people on TV make them seem so common, and they're not. Yeah. It's, it's, out of my 15 years of doing this, I have never once come across a demonic entity. Now, I've come across some pretty nasty human spirits, but there is ways to remove them. But I don't want to investigate a case where there is a demonic entity involved because that would be putting myself over my head and my family at risk. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that is part of the risk that I have with doing what I do, though. Man, that'd be crazy. I, I, when I die, I, I kind of think I'm going to be one of them nasty ones. <laughs> i feel like uh i'd be that one to just move the toilet paper away from the fucking toilet <laughs> i make it just out of reach so you got duck just water. out of reach <laughs> do you take any um any like protection with you like i i do um i i don't I'm not wearing it now but when i go on an investigation i wear my pinnacle necklace 
Um, I have a bag of blessed stones that I bring with me. I also bring a thing of holy water, a thing of Florida water, as well as uh, essential oils. So my daughter actually was up here this summer. She asked me why I had all this stuff. She's like, you know, why do you need all this? I said, because not everyone's religious beliefs align with mine. I said, so if I go into a location and these people need something removed, I need to have the means to do it. So I have, I have the sage for people who practice what I practice. I have the holy water for people who are Christian or Catholic, which nine times out of 10, a Catholic won't want to remove anyway because they don't believe it exists. If you don't believe it exists, then why the fuck you call me in the first place? <laughs> but, um, and, and then you have, you know, other people that just believe in like the Florida water. It, it, that's, that's typically a Southern thing, really. Um, it is difficult to find up here, but it's used to bless doorways like, uh, and sweep out negative energies. So I always bring a various arsenal of tools just in case. And I'm plus, not, I'm before not, every go ahead. I'm not familiar with Florida water. Is that just so water? It's, Florida? Uh, it's it's water that's been blessed by I believe it's a monk, and a lot of people will actually buy it and use it as cologne because it's said to be an essential oil to heal your body of negative energies. Yep, okay. we've got we've got the Florida water. We also have. Um, I don't know if you've ever used witch hazel. Hmm. I have. And uh, it's quite effective. Yep, I think I think both everything that you're saying makes a lot of sense. When you say Florida water, I remember being a child and drinking water out of like creeks and stuff. Not even creeks, just like out mucks in Florida with my mud pies. I was like, I don't that know if I drink like, that water. I was like, it tastes like a frog's ass. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I drink that water. That, that is one thing I will say I love about being up north is the water is crystal clear. You can actually see what the fuck is in the water around you. <laughs> So I was in Central Florida. It's probably off of a sewer runoff somewhere. <laughs> Most likely. I know that that you mentioned the the media a little bit, but I think at this point, like as popular as investigations are, I, why do you think that like mainstream science and mainstream like professionals, like nobody wants to give any credence or like do do a like huge investigation into this stuff like so as a matter of fact uh i am currently writing a book and i touch on this in my book so i'm actually it's a good it's a great question um so take an abandoned building right uh, i assume you're talking about why mainstream science doesn't look at this as more of an actual science and a pseudoscience yeah okay so take take into account you're in an abandoned building say like waverly hill sanatorium right Name one spot in that building that could be a controlled environment. Um, the tunnel, maybe? Yeah, but the tunnel's going to have a wind draft, right? True. Damn, there's, there's nowhere. There's not one spot in that building that could be a controlled when environment. When you're in there, you get draft from everywhere. It's crazy. So any temperature fluctuation that you receive could possibly be explained through a natural source. Any EVP that you receive could possibly be explained by reverberation off the walls. You know, different materials have different frequencies that they echo off of. You can yell into a piece of concrete and it will echo further than it would if you yell into a piece of wood. Same thing is with marble. So you take all these factors into account. You cannot take what we do as investigators, put it in a controlled scientific environment using the scientific method and recreate the exact same experience at a repeatable rate. So if you take it and we had the opportunity, say, to put this into a test environment that was completely controlled, no wind drafts, padded walls, so you know there was no reverberation, 
and say it was electrically grounded room so you had no emf in the room right if you could take that and you could get these devices to jump and respond with evp or have temperature fluctuations on a repeated basis then i think mainstream science would be more likely to take this and look at it and say hey maybe there's something more to it but the simple fact of the matter is we put ourselves into environments that cannot be controlled so without that control there's no way to actually scientifically validate any experience that we have. I think if they have validated anything like this, they probably wouldn't tell us about it. For sure. Probably not. <laughs> no, no. But that, that, would, that would be my personal explanation for it. That makes a ton of sense. That does make a lot of sense. But the pseudoscience of it now, back in their late 1800s and 19, early 1900s, it was just a science. They were actually trying to prove it. Right, right, with the uh, the spiritualist movement. Yeah, so I I don't know when it actually broke to where they was like this is probably this probably is true to where now it's like yeah it probably isn't true you know in the science community. I think I think that actually would um relate back to uh, the times of Harry Houdini. You know he he was a famous magician, but he was also an avid debunker of the paranormal. Yeah. Yep. So when he and God, I cannot remember the guy's name for the life of me at the moment, but I'll get back to it because I'm sure I remember. But when uh, when they disproved the fact that mediums were ejecting spirits from their mouth by using cheesecloth, yeah. I think that was the point where people were looking at it in a different kind of view. They were like, well, you know, maybe there's not anything to this or the Fox sisters, but they're knocking all over the place. You know what I mean? When they proved that it, it was them doing the knocking. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different levels of people disproving it throughout the years that it is kind of difficult to look at it with an objective point of view and an objective mindset if you are a legitimate scientist with a PhD. I think they even offered a reward for anybody that could prove the, the they did. Um, it was in Florida, as a matter of fact. Um, the guy offered a million dollar reward for anyone that could sit in a controlled environment and use Zenner cards to produce proof of psychic activities. And I know, I know exactly which contest you're talking about. Uh, James something. It was James yep. something. Yep. I can't remember. Brandy. Yeah. James yeah, Randy. Yeah, yeah. The, the Harry Houdini thing though, that kind of trips me out because he was basically just pissed off that he'd been made a fool of that sent him down that path. And that, that is for the most part true yes because he his mom apparently believed in it wholeheartedly and then when she died he went to a seance or whatever to talk to his mom was it and then he called him because he's a magician and he yeah, it's, yes fucking up yeah anyway, it was just like when he died you know he gave his wife a safe word he, he yeah. said you know when i die i want you to contact me through whatever means and this is the word that i'm going to give you if i exist on the other side and she did try for multiple years after he passed to get this word to come through and was never able to. So he was just basically trying. So I like I like that idea of it because he was basically trying to prove it was real by being an extreme skeptic. Right. That's what he was doing. And that, right. No, it, like and it's you, a great method. Do you have skepticism about it at all when you go? Oh, that? I do. Yeah. I do 100 percent. I believe personally that 90 to 95 percent of the things that anyone experiences paranormal wise can be explained by a natural method you just have to take the time to investigate it and find that natural method a lot of people will go in and it's dark you can't see shit and something 
hits you, right? Oh, something just threw a rock. You know, it's not possible that something fell off the fucking ceiling and hit you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're, you're in a, a fucking that, building that's falling apart. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you're in an uh, old abandoned place that hasn't been walked in or uh, maintained. Yeah. Yeah, it's very it, possible. There's so many different natural explanations that people will just overlook because they're so excited about wanting the proof instead of taking the time to validate what they're catching. When it comes to spiritual entities that do actually exist, do you think that they are just imprints of energy or do you think that they're actually? I think there's multiple levels. I, I, I do believe that, you know, the stone tape theory of residual hauntings, I do believe that that is very possible, you know, that the objects around you can maintain the energy that you input into the environment and therefore will replay them, you know, like a, a, a CD stuck on skip so to speak. Yeah. And it would just replay the events. You cannot interact with these entities. Like they're going to happen whether or not you're there, but then you have your intelligence style entities. You know, these ones you can interact with to an extent. They, they will talk to you. They will interact. And then you have your poltergeist, which a lot of people think that a poltergeist is a negative human entity. I don't believe it's a negative human entity at all. I think it's negative energies that are pent up in the environment, not necessarily negative human entities. So there was the famous investigator, uh, Dr. Hans Halzer. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. Mm -hmm. And his personal theory was he never investigated a poltergeist case that didn't involve a child and adolescence going through puberty. His theory was that the prepubescent energies that were built up within the child that they did not know how to release was actually what was formulating these poltergeist activities to happen in a telekinetic way. Because, yeah, that makes a lot – that, God, I never thought about that makes the most sense because almost every time there's a poltergeist – There's a child. There's a child that's going through puberty. Yep. <laughs> and and he, he documented this in multiple, multiple, multiple cases. Um, his book called Ghosts, which if you're ever interested in reading a book that's 1,400 pages in eight-point font, by all means, um, I have read it, and it took me about a year. But he goes into detail about this theory, and the theory makes a ton of sense. I like that. I like that explanation of poltergeist because that makes the most sense to me that I've ever heard. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of a poltergeist situation where there wasn't a child. That's what I'm saying. I'm going through everything that I can think of right now. And almost every time there is a child. I, I can say that I've never read about or heard a case where poltergeist activity was happening, that a child was not involved. So it really does, you know, lead credence to his particular theory. Um, obviously it can't be scientifically proved, but if you go back through documentation of cases in a way, it can be validated. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I don't, I don't remember any paranormal activity, but I can, I'm my puberty hit hard, man. I grew a 12 inch beard. I went 13. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, there was some crazy shit went on there. <laughs> you have that though, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, but it really it really was an interesting theory and you know and and i kind of definitely fall into the believer of that particular theory that he put out i, I enjoy that that's actually a really good one that's the first time i've ever heard that i've never read about that well i'm so glad you, i was able to educate yeah. so you, have you ever came across anything that's like like completely sentient like that more than just like a simple response to a question but like you know what I'm saying? Like something that's I, like hyper intelligent or like almost I, human. I get what you're saying. And to my recollection, I, I can say most likely not um, that I can recollect. I uh, have been to some places where definitely intelligence was there. 
Um, there's an old jail in Alabama called the Coffee County Jail. And in 1976, Sheriff Neil Grantham was shot to death on the front steps by an inmate that he had released the day before. And uh, I investigated that location on the 40th anniversary of his shooting. I can tell you that there's one solitary cell in the place and it was unoccupied for so long that the, the, the bolts that held the hinges in place were rusted. So we sprayed them down with WD-40 and it took four of us to open the cell door. I was in there doing an EVP session solo. And after about 10 minutes, the cell door slammed shut. Whoa. I was stuck in there for an hour. Fuck that. <laughs> One of the few times I think I legitimately almost pissed myself. <laughs> That's why I've always said. If I ever start investigating again and stuff like that, the first person I'm sitting in is my wife. Every time. <laughs> That's smart. That's smart. Which actually, we caught a really interesting EVP at that location as well. Uh, we were having tripod issues. I had never had an issue with my tripod before. I don't know if it was the tripod or if it was my father not understanding how to hook a camera to a tripod. So we finally get it to where he's like, okay, I think I got it. And he goes to sit it down. And oddly, in a prison, we hear a child's voice come through that says, can we please go home? And actually, that video of that particular piece of evidence is on my uh, Facebook page for Segra Paranormal and Newport Paranormal Society, as well as my YouTube channel. Damn. What do you think that was? like? You, you know, I have no idea, but I didn't find out until after we investigated the location that the what would have been the old male shower room in the 1980s was renovated to be a small women's facility. Wow. So it's very possible it could have been one of the women just with a like a lighter style voice, I guess you could say. But, you know, that's just speculatory. Man, that would man, that's that's creepy. <laughs> you know, and, and, that, and that's crazy because I have been to some of the most haunted places in the southeast. And that was one location that really shocked me because I had not heard of any other types of occurrences other than the people who would hold the yearly haunted house there. Uh, I was the first team allowed in to investigate it. So that was pretty cool. But the downfall of that is you don't know what you're going into. That's wild. You have, you have no other precedence as to activity going on. So you don't know where to set up cameras. You don't know anything. Mm. But, you know, I've been to the Castillo de Santa Marcos in St. Augustine, Florida. I've been to Fort Matanzas. I've been to the St. Augustine Lighthouse uh, up here. I've been to Medfield State Hospital. I've been to the Mount Washington Hotel. You know, I've been all over. But and that place just shocked me. I guarantee it. Would you call that the most interesting thing that you've ever discovered on your on your paranormal? Con cons considering the amount of people it took to open the cell door and the amount of strength that it had to have taken to close it, I would say it ranks up there for sure. I if it's not number one, it's number two. And I can't think of anything where it would have topped it. So I put it at number one. Nice. Man, that's, that would that would scare the absolute shit out of me. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I thought about trying to investigate again. I used to do a lot when I was younger, but I don't think my heart could hold it anymore. <laughs> I think I well, I mean, you, you, you could always be the guy sitting in the van doing the audio tech and stuff. True, that's true. I mean, yeah. there's always stuff that goes on in the background. <laughs> Whenever yeah. everybody dies from a ghost, I'm like, well, I'm just going to pack up and fucking leave. <laughs> <laughs> Has anything <laughs> followed you back home? I cannot say that I've had anything follow me home. Um, if I have, then it doesn't bother me. So it's not anything negative. Uh, I can say that I've never experienced anything that seemed 
to be negative at least a few times in this house. I've had a few things, but they weren't anything major. Um, but no, I don't believe I've ever had anything follow me home. That's like the, I would say the most common thing about that people say about Bobby Mackey's here, but it, is, it, it seems like it's only people who try to investigate it though, that it follows home. Which would make sense because if you think about it, these people who are going in there to enjoy the music that Bobby puts on and all that good stuff, you know, they're going there to have a good time. They're going there to have drinks. They're going there to smoke cigarettes. They're going there to listen to music, you know, and have a good time. Then you have the other side of the spectrum. You have the paranormal investigator teams or whoever going in there, but they are legitimately opening themselves up to communicate. They're opening the doorway for communication. And the issue with opening the doorway is a lot of people when they leave, don't close the doorway before they leave. They don't tell the spirits, okay, I'm, I'm stopping the line of communication. I'm now closing that door. You cannot follow me home. You know, you have to stay here. They don't do that. They just say, okay, we're done. They pack up and they leave. And that's how you get an attachment. That's kind of why I thought that's something you attached to us because we, we took the tour or whatever. My wife, we you know, we was drunk or whatever. <laughs> and she was fucking with everybody. Like, do you see that over there? Like, I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. <laughs> like kind of provoking, like it seemed like. And I was, she kept walking off in the dark. And I was terrified. She's going to fall down that fucking hole. I was like, quit walking off in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> not a hole I'd want to fall into. <laughs> no, no. I've not been there, but it is on my list. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where in my YouTube videos, I always make sure to set ground rules before I investigate. I, I make it completely clear when I test my applications, what I'm trying to communicate and what's allowed to come through. This way I don't invite anything negative into my home. Then I always make sure that I do a proper closing. I make sure that the spirits know the doorway for communication is now closed. And then once I'm done with that, what you don't see on camera is me taking the shower, doing grounding and centering. Cause let's face it. Nobody wants to fucking watch that. I will say if you ever do get down here to Bobby Mackey's, if you investigate in there during the night, during the day of, if you go out past Bobby Mackey's by the train tracks, there's actually a big tunnel underground that you can walk all the way back up under Bobby Mackey's. Isn't that the place where they, um, they thought that the brothers, uh, through the head. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, like the, for so a second, it, it, it connected, it connected to the, the blood drain whenever it was still a meatpacking plant. Mm. Right. Right. When, when the brothers murdered Joanna, that's what yep. they thought they threw the head. Yep. I thought for a second you was uh, telling them to check out the playpen. <laughs> well, you can check out the pig pen too. It's right next door. If it's haunted, walk, I'll check it out. If you walk about 200 feet, you'll be at what's known as the pig pen. <laughs> and the, then there the, you can throw some wounds. <laughs> the, the, the first time that we ever experienced that, you walk in and there was a, a lady who had the Joker scars. Like the, the Irish nice. grin. Being a huge Batman fan, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's a pretty good place. <laughs> the brass ass is right down the street. <laughs> nice. Nice. So you don't you don't find shit like that here in New Hampshire. Like you and far between. Well, I live in uh, London, Kentucky, and it's like an hour away. You got to drive. I don't, uh, I'm not allowed at that point anymore, so I got to drive even even further. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe I'd be allowed to go to a place like that now. But <laughs> so, what is uh, what's in the future for your channel? Um, I've got a few new things coming up. 
I've got a, a series that I've been working on that I did with my daughter when she was up here, actually, when we were at Medfield State. I've been working on trying to get that edited up. I've got uh, two sections of it released already. I've got three more coming. Um, I've got an, an app, uh, the Spiritus Ghost Box app, I'm going to be testing here shortly. Uh, that one looks to be pretty interesting. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And I've got the book coming out. So the book uh, is already written. I've just proofread it and done all my major corrections. I'm typing it up and submitting it to the publisher, hopefully by the end of the week. That's awesome. That'd be awesome. Let us know when it comes out and I'll buy it. Uh, oh, I absolutely will. So the, the premise of the book, I have not got a title for it yet. If I have, I'm not actually just not going to release the title yet. I already know what I'm going to call it. But I want to release it on my YouTube channel first. Um, but the premise of the book is basically my experiences testing these applications and the stuff that happens behind the scenes that people don't see, like the time that I tripped down the basement steps and busted my face hmm. or just <laughs> just random things that people don't see in the videos. It's got it's got the apprehensiveness of reading a good thriller, but it's got the comedy factor to kind of lighten the mood as well. That'd be cool. Yeah. And we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about this. Um have you ever have you ever like explored like woods or anything like oh um ah where was that there's a place down in florida just outside of the fountain of youth archaeological park that i did go and check out that was supposed to be a massacre site it's right outside of fort matanzas as a matter of fact uh can't remember the name of it but anyway there was a massacre site of some Native Americans, and I didn't capture anything there. I can say that it felt strange walking on a land where so many people were massacred. Yeah. But uh, as far as being outside in nature and doing things, uh, cemeteries, I use those for training, basically. Uh, I find they're good areas that are kind of neutral. And if my investigators that are training, you know, fuck up or make a mistake, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I was going to ask, have you ever seen like a cryptid, like a Bigfoot or anything? I do believe I have. Really? Um, I do. Uh, twice, as a matter of fact, I believe I've seen a Bigfoot. Uh, Alabama, my aunt used to live probably half a mile from where I, I was. So I would go up there. I'd spend most of my day and I'd walk home. There was a night that I went to walk home and I was not drunk for the record. I was only 19, so I could not drink. Well, I couldn't, but it doesn't mean I didn't. I, I just could I, Legally, I couldn't. Was he so? <laughs> actually, no. Believe it or not, I don't smoke. <laughs> a lot of people think I do, but I don't. Believe it or not. So I, I can say I was not stoned. <laughs> so I was walking home, and there's a humongous wheat field that they have. Uh, it's probably 500 yards long. Get about a quarter of the way past it, and I see something hunched over in the wheat, and I didn't know what it was. And I'm looking at it, and I'm staring at it. I'm like, okay, maybe it's a rock that I never noticed before. Well, it moved. And I was like, yeah, it's not a rock. I dropped my stuff and I ran back to my aunt's house, left my stuff right there in the middle of the fucking street. <laughs> so I go in, I'm like, guys, there's something in that damn field. And here lately, they've been having panther sightings. I'm, I'm not walking home with that, whatever that is. So my uncle Dave, he had one of these humongous candle, like 50,000 candle watt, like floodlights. He pulled it out. He shined it out into the field. And you could legitimately see something stand up and walk into the woods. Shit. When it turned back and looked, like its eyes didn't have the normal shine that you would expect from like a deer or a bear. They were almost like this goldish green. It was a we really weird style shine to them. And uh, I've never seen anything like it before. Never seen anything like it since. The only other time that I encountered anything of the nature was when me and my ex-wife were driving home from a place called Dothan, Alabama. And we passed by a bridge. I thought I saw something, but I didn't say anything. 
And about a mile down the road, she looks at me. She's like, so I just want to make sure I'm not crazy. Did you see the Bigfoot by the bridge? <laughs> wow. I looked at her. I was like, okay, I didn't say anything. She's like, do you want to go turn around and look? Nope. No. <laughs> I'm not with all that. Now, now I do, uh, however, um, I do research for a team called Chasing Legends as well. So I do have a firm belief in cryptids. That'd be cool. I love to see. I love to see one. I, I feel like I've seen stuff before, but I just can't be for sure. Because right. unlike you, I did used to get stoned a lot. <laughs> and, and that's the whole thing, you know. The, the things that I saw, could they possibly have been a natural animal? Yeah, I, I can't say they weren't. I can't say I've never seen a bear walk that far on its hind legs. But Alabama's not known for having humongous bears either. Right. They have like the smaller style brown bears and stuff. They don't have like grizzlies that get, you know, 2,000 pounds. And this thing was quite tall and it walked a good distance. Nice. And uh, how do you feel about birds? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here we go. go. My parents actually own an African gray. Really? And the thing annoys the piss out of me. (sighs) Cecil doesn't think that birds are real. <laughs> I think there you can touch them. <laughs> he thinks that, that the birds are government agents. I don't think they're government agents. You always say that. I, I mean, who's to realistically say they're not? The ones that sit on power lines and just watch everything. Well, that's them recharging. Basically, yeah. what I think is that we live in a matrix, like everything's kind of um, fake, basically. And birds are the only thing that can reach every area of land, you know. So they're like a device created by the Venarians that live on Venus that control the server that we live in. And basically, they're sent to re to report, like, glitches in the Matrix so that it can be fixed. And, you know, this it's not realistically it is far-fetched, but it's not all that far-fetched. If you think about it, you know, we have things that happen right now in this day and age, like Mandela effects. Yeah. Like, could that possibly be a glitch? Like, I specifically remember the Monopoly guy having a monocle when I was younger. He doesn't have sure. a monocle anymore. We had I a Mandela effect the other day that we was talking about, but I, I, I was the one that, as crazy as everybody thinks I am, totally thought that was a Mandela effect. I was like, no, nah, I remember that. Is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme at the beginning. I was like, no, nah, I remember that. There was, <laughs> another, there was another one I saw the other day. It was how Chick-fil-A is spelled. I've seen that one and Skechers as well. The way Skechers was spelt is changed. I don't remember the specifics, but I did watch a video on it. And uh, yeah, it's kind of weird because you remember these things specifically. Yeah, there's a ton of them. And it just keeps, it, it like, all started when they started firing that particle accelerator off in 2012. Yep, the uh, the uh, Hadron Collider. Yep. The crazy and, thing uh, about it is we got a friend that lives in South Africa. And he he's from he's born there and everything, and the Mandela effect started with Nelson Mandela, right? Died in the eighties, but if you read everything about him now, he died in like two thousand ten. Isaac has confirmed that he remembers, and his dad remembered when he died in the eighties. Yeah, had- it's absolutely insane because you know a, a hundred thousand people roughly remember attending his funeral in the eighties. Yeah. So how in the hell did he magically die like several years later? I I've, I've never. It's weird when you think about it. And there's so many different examples of these things that realistically, to your point, could in a way be glitches in what we would call our real time world. So a lot of the theories out there right now are when they started 
firing off the particle accelerator or the Hadron Collider, whatever you would like to call it. And the first time that they smashed the atoms together, it actually sent us into a different time frame where things were the same, but the things that were different was so minute that we wouldn't, they didn't think we would notice. Exactly. People are noticing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a, speaking of South Africa, that, well, there's a place in Cape where oh. they, they've pulled, they pulled a ship out of the ocean that sank it's in, in Durban. A, it's in Durban. In Durban? Yeah. Um, pulled a ship out where a bunch of people drowned, a lot of people died, <laughs> and put it in the middle of a theme park. Yeah. And decided, no shit. To, and decided to put a restaurant in it. And if you look at pictures, I can't remember the name of it, Cecil, but it's, uh, it's the most immaculate theme park you've ever it, seen. It's a beautiful it's theme beautiful. park, and then you've got this rusted ghost ship, <laughs> in the middle middle. and the fucking lazy river runs right underneath it. <laughs> that gives me a whole reason to visit South Africa. <laughs> It'd be fun. That sounds they, awesome. They don't believe in well, they don't so believe crazy. in traditional ghosts. They believe in something called Togoloshi. That's correct. The Togolos, yes. Yep. And and it's like a malevolent spirit that you can kind of keep away from your house by putting out rum and bread. Rum and I think bread. it's rum and bread. That keep me in. That make that draw me <laughs> to the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like little tiny miniature, like ugly looking gnome style creatures. Yeah, almost like goblins or something. Yeah, yeah, in a way. Which I don't like gnomes for the record. If, I, I fucking hate gnomes. <laughs> I do too. And if I if if my wife hears me say it loud enough, she'll bring that fucking gnome that totally go. <laughs> every year, someone gets me a gnome for Christmas, and every year it ends up broken in the garage. Yeah, I've got I, I got to stare at a stripper gnome every day. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> but there's not much that I don't. There's not much that makes me uncomfortable for some reason, and I don't know what it is about them, but gnomes do it. It's it's anything smaller than me that I think that could hurt me. <laughs> you know, I kind of I kind of feel like maybe it was watching that uh that show uh, Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes, the old uh, R.L. Stein show. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I kind of wonder if that's what kind of instilled that fear because the first time I saw that I was probably seven. So yeah, I don't know. Just they're creepy. Totally not pretty big fellas. Um, I'm like six four, three hundred and fifty pounds. And I used to fight a lot. I would fucking fist fight a grizzly bear right out here in this yard. But if a fucking gnome came running at me, <laughs> I would fucking run like a bitch. I swear to God. <laughs> I, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm quite pleased to hear I'm not the only one. That makes me. Uh, that makes me feel much better. I know I'm not that weird. <laughs> no, I can't handle little things like that. Like the small cryptids, they they scare me to death. It's insane. I don't know why. See that stuff doesn't scare me, but like mannequins make me uncomfortable. <laughs> Fuck I don't know what it is about <laughs> mannequins. I just think it uh just facelessness, I think, make makes me uncomfortable. Like human, you know, that kind of makes sense. Like something that's humanoid, but you know, emotionless almost. It kind of makes sense, though, if you think about it, like, because you're looking at a face that has no real facial features. It, 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 is, it can be kind of freaky. Yeah, I was I was listening to somebody the other day talk about it. And apparently, like, kids are naturally like that. Like, they there's a natural, like, uncomfortableness 
and it, it makes you wonder because you know if that's like built in our instincts as a civilization what caused that right you know what i mean um some people could relate it to say maybe a uh, past life involvement um i'm not necessarily a firm believer in past lives uh, but it's like well you know with birthmarks a lot of people say if you have a birthmark that's how you died the first time that you were killed or like say good example my girlfriend she does not like wearing necklaces like she doesn't like things around her neck so was she killed by a hanging in a past life uh i see what you're saying that makes so sense. It's, it's kind of weird how people think about it but it's it's a theory that's out there whether or not i wholeheartedly buy into it i can't say that for certain but some crazy reincarnation stories like of people just remembering where they died and how and and strange details that no one else would remember yeah or no one else should even know it, it, it's crazy you know but once again could that be not necessarily reincarnation but the, say the spirit of that particular entity or that person felt a need to show them these images i mean there's multiple different ways you could go really and it's usually kids so you know they're that's what makes it even more creepy probably the most impressionable well the thing about kids is you know oh, you, there's a back. point in time that you can't technically remember before and i feel like that's when you switch consciousness from like when you when you reincarnated to when you become who you are now maybe some things just don't cross over i mean that you know what is it the buddhist that believe in reincarnation yeah yep and uh you know is it possible yeah with my luck i'm going to be reincarnated by something that's gonna get shit in like a diaper or something <laughs> i mean that would be my luck with the whole reincarnation thing um god came in on that um they say that if you have a birthmark that it signifies how you died in the past life Is he, that said that he said that we while were, you're in the bathroom yeah we were just discussing that as a matter of fact that's crazy to me because i got one right on my back where my heart is up here and i'm like i probably got shot or stabbed with a fucking sword or something yeah, like I was telling him, my girlfriend, you know, she won't wear necklaces. She's not necessarily a birthmark, but what's to say that she won't wear necklaces? Or like if she wears a T-shirt, she'll cut the neck because she doesn't want it tight around her neck. So say if she was a reincarnation, was she killed by being hung? Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, so it's possible. To me, it's irrational. Like if you buy a perfectly good fucking shirt, why are you doing that? Well, and she's like, I can't explain it. I just don't like it around my neck. Yeah, that's crazy. She's done it like she doesn't own a shirt that it doesn't have it. Uh, Nate, thank you so much for coming on. This has been really fun. I hope you want oh, thank you guys for having me. Um, I hope you like to come back sometime, it'd be awesome. Absolutely, you just uh let me know a date and I'll let you know whether or not it's available. Right. So, uh, we go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you again and all that good stuff. Okay, so I'm on YouTube, uh, I do paranormal applications tests and other informative YouTube uh paranormal videos, uh, para YouTube, whatever you would like to call it. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter at Paranormal Nate, or you can find me on Instagram. Nice. And you can find us on Twitter, on bitshoot.com, uh, Spotify, anchor.fm, if you want to find other platforms. There's a bunch of them, and I don't know any of them except Spotify, so <laughs> you can find I think it. I, have, I think I actually have Anchor on my phone, so I do know that one. Yeah, anchor.fm leads you to all the other ones. <laughs> oh, okay. That's <laughs> cool. Um, and we do have a YouTube channel, but it's always backed up. We don't really care about it. You can watch it if you want. <laughs> you can catch up on the podcast. Backup. The podcast is the most important thing, right? 
yep, the podcast is the most important thing. And um, and all that is at Wearing the Folk. And if you want to be a guest, reach out to us on Twitter at Wearing the Folk. And you can email us at bipolar underscore teddy bear at outlook.com. Uh, which I'm going to create a new email that actually lines up with this one and stuff. The old one eventually. I'm just. Like, I'm not going to lie. When you said that, I was like, "Wow, that's a new one." <laughs> yeah, it used to be called bipolar teddy bear, but oh, uh, makes sense then. But it 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 was only me because I'm I'm the bipolar teddy bear. <laughs> and uh, thank you for watching us because we're watching you. <laughs>